the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. The Greek shipping community have always been a willfully contrary bunch in their attitude and outlook. Still the case that where the Greeks lead in counter-cyclical plays, others follow. And even in these capital-constrained times, it's a brave analyst who bets against the Greek owner's ability to turn a global crisis into an opportunity. That said, there are fault lines emerging in shipping right now, and the sustainability of the Greek traditional business model is being tested. The tectonic shifts of decarbonisation and digitalisation and enforced transparency, be it the political, regulatory or financially enforced variety, are all at odds to some degree with the staunchly private and some might argue opaque nature of the Greek shipping model that has powered them through so many other challenges to date. So this week I'm joined by our very own Greek oracle, the Pythia of Piraeus, our Greece correspondent, Mr Nigel Lowry. Welcome to the podcast, Nigel. Hi Richard, pleased to be with you. Now we're, we're talking in a week where we should be having what was to be Posidonia, already postponed from the usual summer slot, um, but uh, then also cancelled as a physical slot for October. There, there is a, a Posidonia digital week that's emerged as uh, as the era demands. Um, we've got a few things coming up, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to get a, a bit of a, a flavour of what's happening in Greece. This is, of course, a thinly veiled opportunity to, to promote a few things coming up. We have our, our Posidonia forum next week, which you're, you're involved in. And uh, anybody who hasn't yet to sign up to that, please go to loyslist.com slash forums. Uh, it promises to be an insightful discussion. Petros Pappas, uh, Sadan Kavnoglu from BIMCO and uh, Iona Prokopiu, uh, just uh, three of the speakers that will be involved in that. And then, of course, we have our, our Greece special report coming up next week as well at loyslist.com next week for details. And then, of course, the end-of-year extravaganza, that is the Greek Shipping Awards. Now, uh, Nigel, give us the update. We are definitely going ahead with the Greek Shipping Awards, but it will be slightly different this year, won't it? Yes, no, we're looking forward, as usual, to having a 1,000 people uh, in the room on... No, of course, that's obviously (laughs) not going to happen. Uh, We certainly hope that we will have uh, thousands participating. But this year, uh, sadly, in a way, uh, like many events, the Greek Shipping Awards is going to be a virtual event. Um, Now, that brings opportunities as well. Um, We always have an enormous crowd in Athens for that event uh, each year. Uh, But we believe that we can actually bring the Greek Shipping Awards extravaganza to an even greater audience by being online and digital. But I suppose the headline is that it is absolutely going ahead. And I think so it should. Uh, After all, shipping in general uh, has continued its service through the coronavirus pandemic. I think it's uh, in many cases it represents a great achievement. And that is certainly true of Greek shipping, uh, that once again, I think, has shown its its ability to adapt. Well, let's let's talk about the status of Greek shipping right now in its general terms. I mean, you mentioned there that, you know, Greece has adapted, as it always will, of course. And I think more than most, the Greek shipping community has always been able to find opportunities amid uh you know what is largely seen as crisis elsewhere and i think we've seen a, a number of greeks you know f- follow the tried and tested path of uh, 
uh, ordering ships where nobody else wants to uh, in in bit to get the the, the right deals, uh, making plays that uh, would be seen as counterintuitive by many. I mean, how would you characterize the Greek shipping response to the current challenges? You know, are you, are you seeing positivity, optimism there? I think uh, I think yes. I, I, you know, obviously the the challenges are largely the same for everyone. Uh, I think it's just the just the commitment and the the long term outlook that many of the Greek ship owners have, uh, and and also the fact that they have faced these uh, these fluctuations and 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 equally stiff challenges before. So uh, yes, those uh, those of them who are strong enough uh, certainly always uh, look out for opportunity in in these difficult times. Um, they are counter-cyclical in their investment uh, strategies. So, you know, when the market is down uh, or other factors depress the industry, uh, the price of ships does tend to go down. And historically, those are the times when uh, when the stronger companies look to, in, to, to reinvest and in some cases expand. So you do see a little bit of, of that. I think one of, the, one of the, the things which is a little bit different this time which certainly goes for shipping internationally as well, but I think particularly the case in Greece, is that there is an obvious reluctance to order new buildings. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, there's, right now, I think uh, Lloyd's List Intelligence statistics say there's, there's a fraction over 100 ships on order for Greeks worldwide. And that's the lowest number that there has been for many, many years. It's a 30-year low, I think, in the overall fleet, but I think it would be a record right. in terms of Greek orders, certainly. Well, I think it's, uh, I, I mean, I, th I think uh, if, uh, if the, the, Greek, the, Greek sh the Greek portion of the existing fleet uh, across all types is something like 15 or 16 or 17 percent mm. uh, of the world fleet, then I think their, their portion of the order book is something like seven or eight. So they're they're even more cautious than than the world average, and that's to do with uh, with not only the uncertainty of the market but also uh, questions over technology. Mm. Uh, you know what's going to be the fuel of the future, and by the way, that's a question I'd prefer you not to ask me, <laughs> um, uh, because I don't know, and and a lot of people don't know either. Uh, but that it plays into it, obviously, and also for many uh, companies, uh, there is a uh, unprecedented difficulty in getting finance as well. So mm. all those things come into play, uh, but you're seeing a very low number of new orders, and those are largely restricted to the tanker sector, uh, certainly this year for Greeks. So, th so, so their, their reinvestment and their commitment is more shown through the second-hand market. Which is interesting, and you know, you could interpret that a couple of ways. I guess you could, you could see that as discipline on the part of the Greeks in order not to upset the apple cart. You could see it as a hesitancy, as you say, in terms of the technological choices that uh, are are there, and an unwillingness to make decisions amid uncertainty. But there is also the question, I guess, that the traditional Greek uh, strategies are increasingly under pressure and not least you know from the point of view of the finance that you mentioned is increasingly difficult for them to you know take the traditional business model approach with with local banks and uh, those those age-old partnerships that uh, have sustained many of the greek fleets um 
the opportunity to uh, you know create value out of buying and selling is increasingly under pressure as, as as scale and access to public finance become the key in terms of these things but also the bigger issues of transparency we've seen you know sanctions we've seen finance we've seen regulatory transparency and the Greeks certainly have a view in terms of uh, emissions transparency and I think they're probably at odds with a number of other uh, sectors of the the shipping industry but it feels like at every level the Greeks are sticking with the traditional uh, view of shipping and everything else around them is changing. Do you get the view that they do feel under pressure or is there some uh, hesitancy or, or, or commitment, I guess, to uh, the fact that actually we've done this a hundred times before, we've seen all the cycles go forward and this is no different. This is just another set of challenging opportunities which we can overcome. Well, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to hedge my bets a little bit, um, uh, not to sit on the fence. I, I, I think it's more uh, a case of the latter. I think that there there is a degree of optimism in Greek shipping today for a number of reasons. I think that um, you know most of uh, these companies have been around an, an awful long time. There's a lot of experience, and by now they are used to riding out extremely difficult market conditions. I mean. You know, here we are, and you know, right now with uh, COVID-19, uh, with increasing pressure to decarbonize the industry, um, with uh, seeming advances in new technology and new ideas uh, cropping up every day, you know, you do feel as though you're you're facing a bit of a perfect storm. But don't forget, we've come through um, uh, sort of a, a full decade of of pretty miserable markets. You know, you, you've had the you've had the global financial crisis, uh, coupled with overtonnaging, coupled with the Greek financial crisis, and yet, you know, here they are. Uh, there have been very few casualties. Some have emerged stronger, and generally, the fleet, the overall Greek home fleet, has continued to grow. Mm. So I think that there is there is an innate kind of feeling of um, of capability about the industry, about its. Uh, its its ability to cope with things these days, even of this sort of magnitude. So uh, that being said, of course, uh, <laughs> there are a number of uh, particular fears and and pressures. Um, uh, I, I would single out the fact that uh, Greek shipping is, for all the sort of nearly household names in the industry, some very big companies. Uh, you know the backbone of it, as as people have always said, is is it, it are relatively small and medium sized companies, far more than you get in other, in other countries. Mm. So obviously, a lot of these trends, uh, whether it be finance, whether it be decarbonisation, present a greater challenge to smaller companies. So that's one uh, pause for thought. Uh, and the second is, I think that. Um, there is a genuine fear among Greek owners who, who tend to be traditional, it's true, but they're also extremely ad adaptable and extremely technically proficient. I think there is a genuine fear about some of the directions that the legislation is, is taking. And I think uh, to single out one of those, I think there is a genuine feeling of, of disappointment and fear about um, the introduction of shipping into an emissions trading scheme. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, the, the, the idea that uh, 
shipping worldwide should be taxed. There should be a green tax. There should be a carbon levy. Uh, I think is absolutely accepted by by Greek shipping. But Greek shipping being uh, you know internationally spread, uh, being populated by quite a lot of small companies, um, the essence of the way that they approach shipping and they're thinking about it is that there should be a level playing field. And so a global carbon tax um, based on some uh, objective metric, is something which which psychologically they have totally accepted and are in fact lobbying for. And the emissions trading scheme, however, is seen as, and, and this is not just a matter of the European Union, it's not Greeks versus Brussels. It's the idea of an emissions trading scheme per se, mm. uh, wherever that may be introduced. They see it as something which is sort of vague, uh, not very transparent, and potentially a speculator's paradise, mm. which tends to be supported by the bigger corporations because, you know, frankly, they think that they can make money out of that. Whereas for the rank and file of shipping, uh, it's it's harder to to get their heads around, and uh, they see the 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 sort of regulation of such a scheme as as untransparent, and and that's you know essentially why why they're against it. Mm. I, it's, it's a crude way to draw the realities of what's going on in the industry. But I mean, you, you can sort of see the battle lines forming between the global maritime forum set, the big sort of corporatized cargo interest led uh, international banking backed uh, end of the industry and the Greek end, which, as you say, is powerful, but uh, representative of the the fragmented middle, if you like, uh, the bulk tanker sect who, who are not necessarily accessing public finance at a, at a large scale. They're not consolidated. And the future direction of the industry is sort of, you know, at the heart of, of that tension between those two groups. So it is very, very interesting to watch. Yeah, I think, that, I think that that's true, Richard. And, 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 you know, uh, in my time reporting on shipping, I I can't remember a time when when the different sectors were sort of so so polar and 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 that there was such tension between them. You know, they're they're quite different sort of industries. I mean, mm. many of the many of the issues uh, are absolutely the same across you know global shipping, irrespective of sector. But in, in, in other ways, uh, they're very, very different businesses. Uh, and as you say, the, the bulk, uh, whether that be dry bulk or, or tanker, uh, industry is very fragmented. Uh, it's, uh, you know, when you think about it, just, just the, the whole nature of the operation is different. It tends to be itinerant, uh, more unpredictable, longer range, bigger ships, you know, <laughs> um, uh, liner services and uh, and especially uh, interregional shipping, short sea shipping, um, such as the kind promoted uh, by the European Union quite quite rightly as a green alternative uh, to other modes of transport, mm. uh, is a different business. It is, it is. Um, and no doubt it will be the topic of much conversation over the next uh, week or so as we head into uh, what will essentially be a digital Posidonia week. So I will shoehorn in another quick promotion for the uh, for the Posidonia Week Forum um, on October 26th. Uh, 
If you haven't yet registered, go to loislive.com slash forums. Uh, make sure you keep an eye out for Nigel's Greek special report next week, which will be available to Lois List subscribers on loislist.com. And keep an eye out on loislist.com for the Greek Shipping Awards, streaming on Friday, 4th of December. Uh, more details to follow on Loislist over the coming weeks in terms of how you can be part of that. But uh, make sure you put a note in your diary now. Promises to be a spectacle, if not a physical one, a digital one, certainly. Yes, join us online. Don't Indeed. show up at the hotel. No, please don't. Please don't. We won't be there. Um, anyway, for now, uh, Nigel, good luck for next week. Uh, thank you for joining the Lloyd's List podcast, and we will be back with you very shortly. Thanks, Richard. My pleasure.